Hey everybody, it's me, Nate Star, and this is Audio Only. It is June 11th, 2018, and what a week it's been. I haven't, uh, I haven't posted recently. Uh, it gets a little busy uh, in the summertime. My kids are out of school, and um, I was actually pretty astounded today. They, uh, they were actually asleep. Uh, at about 7 o'clock this morning. They all just woke up about 10 after 7. And, um, because, you know, with, with children, um, during the school year, or, you know, when they have to go to school, um, to them, they, they act as though they've been asleep for maybe 15 minutes. They go to bed, they wake up for school, and it's just like, they're so tired, they can't be bothered and why is we have to get up so early dad oh my gosh and then but come saturday they're up with the farm report you know they're out there uh you know they're they're on their phones their devices watching youtube and uh and ready to put a shine on the day at 5 a.m and arguing which is always nice nothing like waking up on a day where you don't have to be up to the shouting match of two high prepubescent voices. Just really, that's like, that is the tone of the day. So, but, um, yeah, it has been, uh, but you know, it's been, it's been great. Uh, the weather's been fantastic. Um, my kids are playing with friends today. They're, everything is, uh, really great. Um, day and we're putting a shine on it and I'll look forward to see what the rest of the day holds. But let's talk about things. So today in history, one of my all-time favorite movies, Ferris Bueller's Day Off was released. Yes indeed. Okay, the band's getting a little rowdy. Let's tone it down, guys. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off the hit John Hughes directed team comedy it was released on this day in 1986 starred a young Matthew Broderick as a popular high school student in suburban Illinois Illinois ha Illinois who fakes an illness in order to score a day off from school then leads his best friend and his girlfriend in a whirlwind day through Chicago the movie's cast also include Alan Ruck Mia Sarah, Jeffrey Jones and Jennifer Grey However, the most memorable performer may have been an automobile, the 1961 Ferrari 250GT, California, a custom-built car revered by auto collectors. Uh, you know, the thing about that movie, um, yeah, the car was cool, and everybody always talks about the car, but uh, that's not what did it for me. Uh, the thing I liked about, I saw uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, when I was in the second grade, and I thought Ferris Bueller was the king. I thought he was, you know, the fact that um, there's the line where she, the the secretary, talks about all the archetypes at school. Um, he gets along with everybody, and I remember being in the second grade, and I said, I want to be that guy. I want to be somebody who gets along with everybody and has friends from all walks of life, and, and really just be all things to all people. And for the most part, I think I've uh, I've done a pretty good job of having friends from all different walks of life. 
I don't, uh, I don't necessarily agree with everything a single friend has said or done, but I don't, um, I don't end a friendship on a disagreement. Like, I knew a guy who, uh, unfriended everyone who voted for Donald Trump in the, uh, in the 2016 election. And you know what? That's ridiculous. That shows that that person, that those people were never your friend in the first place. You know, I didn't like, I don't, I still don't like the current administration, but you know what? I'm not going to end friendship over it. You know, you stop being somebody's friend because they treat you like dirt or they steal from you. But just because your opinions are different or they do something that you don't agree with, that's not why you stop being their friend. Because then you were never their friend in the first place. Friends, friends deal with personality conflicts. Where we don't want an ar- you don't want an army of all the people who think like you and act like you. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to be an army of Agent Smiths from the Matrix. You know, you want you want to have a rag you want to have a, a ragtag bunch of dudes or ladies or a mix of the two, and you know, and have adventures and laughter and not agree on everything. If you watch my evening show, you know, every uh, three out of the four of us have had In-N-Out Burger. I have not. And everybody was like, you didn't go to In-N-Out Burger when you were in California? I was like, no, I, I, I ate the hell out of Jack in the Box, man. Um, and, you know, I was rolling the dice what with the, having that big thing with a coli. But still, I went. that's where I hit. I hit the Jack in the Box. And um, But it's not like I'm like, oh, well, you guys don't love Jack in the Box as much as me. Unfriend. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not a horrible person. So that would never happen. But yes, I saw that movie. Uh, I must have rented it a gajillion times. Uh, what a great film! Um, honestly, you could probably rent it now for like a dollar ninety nine on Google Play. And speaking of movies, this weekend um, it's nice that my older son is entering middle school now because I can start to show him more adult oriented films uh not adult films <laughs> weird uh but the um we just watched what about bob you know it's not a cartoon it's not something silly it's not alien based my kids uh but he really liked it and uh it's one of my it's again one of my favorite comedies but you know it's got bill murray in it so you know right off the bat i'm already halfway in there i'm like i'm already like well really and uh, but I mean a great film um, and it was it was three bucks and I didn't have to um, well, it was two ninety nine and I I didn't have to return it I didn't have to hope that it wasn't scratched being an older film I just clicked a button Bing Bang Boom I've got a movie and we watched it and we loved it and um, I want to show them movies like Wayne's World and you know some of the classics Tommy Boy. Um, movies that I used to watch with my buddies and, you know, foster that great sense of humor that I've been pushing on my kids. And also over the weekend, my kids and I, um, on my Facebook page, if you follow me, uh, or friend me, Nate Starr, um, the guy who hangs out at the kitchen parties, it's lots of pictures of me. Those are my, those are my profile pictures. In fact, I, you know, so look at this picture from the show here and then be like, oh, that's him. Um, we, uh, we shot some videos where, 
Um, they opened an empty pizza box and acted real sad. And I called it Young American um, Thespian Masterclass. And I, I played the track at 30 seconds uh, of um, This Used to Be My Playground by Madonna. And for my older son, Doc's uh, segment, I went in a little later into the song, took that snippet, and got the part with the used to be my playground where he looked off in this like forlorn look. I mean, he really nailed it. And for Smalls, I did because he he went right into kind of like a face and hands devastation, and I just did the the intro of the track. Now of the two, Smalls um, video got um, muted because they're like this track may be longest belong to somebody else. Uh, when, first of all, it's only 30 seconds. You don't have to pay for copyrights on 30 seconds. Second of all, Doc's part did not get muted, and you actually hear Madonna's voice. It was just a very... I was like, I, I wonder how they decide, or what algorithm they use, or maybe it's ketones. I have no idea. But I've never gotten in trouble here, and I am and I play jazz in the background of this show uh, every episode. Well, now every episode. Um... But yeah, we did that. It was really fun. Um, I mean, each video is like 30 seconds long. And they're only 30 seconds because we go into slow motion when they uh, open the pizza box and everything. But it's very funny. Um, they make me laugh. Uh, my kids are really great about wanting to do sketches. And, um, you know, like we'll do, uh, we'll improvise little sketches, little skits and things even in the car. Or we'll do pylons. I mean, it's uh, it's a really great thing. It's one of my favorite things about being a dad is that I get to foster these two with their senses of humor. So, but let's get to today's birthday, shall we? Today is the birthday of American novelist William Styron. Born in Newport News, Virginia in 1925, Styron's novels often addressed messy, unwieldy themes of crime, punishment, and redemption against the backdrop of history. Nazi death camps in Sophie's Choice, The Rebellion of Slaves, and The Confessions of Nat Turner. As a child, he read voraciously. I read everything I could get my hands on, he said. <laughs> Apparently he's being played by Owen Wilson. Uh, when I, <laughs> He said... I read poetry, I read drama, I read novel after novel, I read until I realized I was causing damage to my eyes, which was kind of a runaway lust. I was like, wow. Uh, after a stint in the Marine Corps, he found himself miserable in New York, editing Evergraw Hill. He managed to get himself fired, which left him free to compose his first novel, Lie Down in Darkness, in 1951, about the suicide of a young woman. The novel received the prestigious Prix de Rome, and he was compared to William Faulkner and James Joyce and was vocal about his disdain for creative writing classes for young writers. It can be an awful waste of time. Oh, I'm sorry. We, we said he was going to be, uh... Oh, it can be an awful waste of time, he said. I don't even think the most conscientious and astute teachers can teach anything about style. Style only comes after a long, hard practice in writing. And, uh, you know what? I kind of agree. Um... You can't teach creativity. You can't teach. You can't. You can't teach imagination. You know you have to come in with uh, creativity and imagination and um, 
You know, that's why I have a hard time. Like, I never went back for writing or creating anything. People are like, why don't you become a, you know, get a degree in theater? It's like, I don't want to learn the technical parts. I just want to act. I just want to have fun. Uh, Styron moved to Europe, drank a lot of cognac, married Rose uh, Burgunder, a poet, and befriended several other young American writers, including George Plimpton, James Jones, and James Baldwin. In 53, the group founded the influential literary journal Paris Review. Baldwin is often bunked on Styron's couch and was an early reader of The Confessions of Nat Turner, rightly predicting the controversy that would surround a novel written by a white man in the voice of a black man. He told Time Magazine... Bill's going to get it from all sides, from whites and blacks. The Confessions of Nat Turner won the 1967 Pulitzer Prize and was a bestseller. Stephen wrote in the afternoons and longhand on yellow sheets of paper. I like to stay up late at night and get drunk and sleep late, he said. In the afternoon is the only time I have left and I try to use it to the best of the advantage with the hangover. When asked if he found writing enjoyable, he answered... I certainly don't. I get a fine, warm feeling when I'm doing well, but that pleasure is pretty much negated by the pain of getting started each day. In 1985, shortly after he turned 60, in Paris to accept awards, Stone had definitely stopped drinking, a lifelong habit he had relied on to keep his mood swings at bay. He suddenly plummeted to severe suicidal depression and was hospitalized for over a year. It was the beginning of a years-long battle with mental illness, one that accumulated into the publication of his memoir, Darkness Visible, a Memoir of Madness in 1990, which helped uh, destigmatize the subject of mood disorder and depression. Uh, the response of the book, he told Charlie Rose, was overwhelming. It was just by the thousands that the letters came in, I had not really realized that it was going to touch that kind of nerve. Styron spent the remaining years of his life as a reluctant advocate for mental health, admitting that depression had sapped his writing. Clinical depression is the antithesis of creativity. Everything in the mind is in deep stagnation. It's like having a fog over the internet. The intellect. His advice to aspiring writers was not to listen to critics. There's only one person a writer should listen to, pay attention to. It's not any damn critic, it's the reader. William Styron died in 2006 at the age of 81 at his home in Martha's Vineyard. Now, this is 100% true. Somebody who suffers from depression... Um, that is, it's impossible some days to try to think of something to talk about. This show is about 15 to 16 minutes long, and I even struggle. You know, I, I take some things from history. I take some things from literary information. You know, it's all about learning and life. But even then, just to, to be able to sit down and create is often impossible. Uh, but you know what? When it works, it works, and it's there's nothing I would rather do than this show or um, my night show, The Funniest Guy at Work, which airs on Wednesday, well, records on Wednesdays, and, um, you know, I love, I love people, I love stories, and I love learning. And that's going to do it this week, or this week, for this episode of Audio Only. Uh, as always, be kind. Always do your best and be careful out there.